the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He spent over 40 years in and around the restaurant industry. He's been an owner and an operator. He's a member of the Colorado Restaurant Hall of Fame. For over 30 years, his radio shows have been keeping you updated on the ever-changing Colorado restaurant scene, where he invites you to join him, both on the air and for meals at area restaurants. He's Mike Boyle, and this is The Restaurant Show. Restaurant Show on News Talk 710, KNUS. It is Saturday, September 16th. Yes, I am back from Mexico. I got back on Wednesday the 13th, took a nice group of listeners down the 6th to the 13th, and I just decided to uh, bring a little bit of Cancun weather with me. What a spectacular day. A little cool this morning, about 39 when I woke up, but it's an absolutely beautiful day, not a uh, cloud in the sky, maybe a little bit of late summer, maybe a little bit of uh, early fall, but happy to be here. 303-696-1971, 303-696-1971. If you would like to give me a call, I've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I'm going to recap the Mexico trip. I'm going to share with you a caller or two about a couple of restaurants they had in mind and also um, – One of their thoughts on taking one of these trips, how enjoyable they are. Got a bunch of emails while I was gone on everything from pizza to special occasion to taverns on the north side to tacos. And uh, I'm going to try to get to those as well. So if you'd like to give me a call, love to hear from you. Love to hear from you at 303-696-1971. If not, don't forget I'll be back tomorrow from 10 o'clock until noon taking calls. Um, last Sunday, I had people send in emails if they thought the Broncos or Raiders would win the game. And um, obviously, when the Raiders won, I deleted all of the folks that selected the Broncos. But uh, I ma- mailed out a bunch of nice gifts to the people that picked the Raiders, uh, Trestles, Coastal Cuisine, Black Eyed Peas. So uh, those are all in the mail. Uh, maybe haven't arrived in your mailbox yet, but we're going to do that again tomorrow. Who do you think is going to win the game between the Broncos and the Washington Commanders? Um, 
Obviously, we hope for the Broncos. Uh, I'd like to see us go one and one and get off to a little bit better start than we got off last weekend. Hey, big game tonight, huh? Uh, Eight o'clock late game. I might have to take a nap when I get off at five o'clock, take a brief nap to get ready for an eight o'clock kick between the University of Colorado and Colorado State University. The campus and game was featured on ESPN's game day this morning. It goes from seven o'clock until 10 o'clock during the college football season, I think it is an exceptional show. It's not one where they just talk about X's and O's. It's where they talk about some human interest stories, uh, some of the news in college football, and obviously they featured Colorado because of the way that Coach Deion Sanders has gotten the Buffaloes off and running. Of course, last year, if you recall, 1 and 11. They were one of the two, three worst teams in the nation in both offense and defense. So kind of fun. You know, uh, he talked about the economic impact on Boulder being somewhere around $18 million. Uh, One of the eggheads in town council or wherever he works said that he thought it was going to be closer to $17 million. Regardless, that is a big, big number and uh, nice to see for all the folks up there in Boulder whether they're running a football program, a 7-Eleven, a restaurant, or whatever. So... Uh, that's going to be a fun game tonight. That'll go on at 8 o'clock on ESPN. Um, 925 reservations in 36 hours. We'll talk about that when we come back on the restaurant show. After 3 o'clock here on the Restaurant Show, happy to have you aboard. Um, what a dink! We just did a spot for the Black Hat Cattle Company. Got a call off the air from Tom and Littleton. Said he called the Black Hat Cattle Company. And, uh, folks, they are open five days a week. They're open from 4.30 to 9, five days a week. Do an absolutely wonderful job. If they don't answer the phone, it's probably because they're not there. But uh, go ahead and leave a message. They will get back to you um, or contact them in line at Black Hat Cattle Company and uh, make a reservation there. They do a wonderful job. Um, uh, I don't know what else I can tell you. But, yes, they are open, alive, and well, and doing an absolutely fabulous, fabulous job. Uh, Some other restaurants that apparently did a pretty nice job. Five Colorado restaurants earn Michelin stars. Now, it's my contention, uh, to be perfectly frank with you, that I don't think that most people care about this. Um, I know that some people in the restaurant industry, like people at the Colorado Restaurant Association, uh, people maybe in downtown Denver Association think it's a big deal. I know some chefs think it's a big deal. But it's my contention that most Americans are simply eaters. Uh, We try to get through the day. We want to know what we're going to have for dinner. We want to go somewhere close. We want to go somewhere convenient, certainly affordable. But I do think recognition is nice, and it does have an impact for those that maybe (coughs) – pardon me, want to go out 
and patronize a Michelin uh, awarded restaurants. The Michelin Guide ceremony uh, recently took place. Five Colorado restaurants, including three in Denver, earned a coveted Michelin star in its first Guide for Colorado released last Tuesday. Now, when I say that most Americans are eaters, um, that doesn't mean that we can't go out and have a nice meal, an expensive meal, pair a nice bottle of wine with whatever our entrees happen to be. Um, 900, when it was announced on Tuesday, by close of business on Wednesday, 36 hours later, these restaurants received 925 reservations. So, obviously, somebody wants to try those restaurants. And I'd probably like to try them, too, if I get around to it. I know that the uh, chef, Chef Jose Avela, uh, says that his Mexican restaurant on Lerma Street, La Diabla Pasole Mescal, uh, when they got a nod from Michelin, Michelin last month, his sales grew by 40%, and wait times grew from roughly 45 minutes to two hours. I, I'm just going to tell you something. I've eaten out all over the world. I've eaten at the best restaurants the world has to offer, and I've eaten in that little corner taco stand. I wouldn't wait two hours for anything, but that's entirely up to the patron. Uh, the restaurants gave one star. It's a one, two, or three star. Let me explain the tiers to you. One star for a restaurant that's worth a stop. Two stars is for one that's worth a detour. Now, we were thinking about going somewhere else. We're going to detour over there. And three stars is reserved for places worthy of a special journey, like getting on a plane and flying to France and going to one of the three-star Michelin restaurants in Paris. The guide gave one star to five Colorado restaurants. One's in Aspen. And I don't even know how you pronounce this, B-O-S-Q. This uh, guide highlighted this contemporary restaurant's menu format, helps people customize their own tasting with four or five dishes. And then in Boulder, Frasca Wine and Food, an Italian restaurant, they've gotten a lot of awards. They do a tremendous job. Haven't been there in years, but they've done, done a wonderful job for years. Maybe if you're on your way up to the CU game, maybe you can try to get in there tonight and uh, maybe have yourself a meal. Maybe you might want to call for a reservation first. It was given kudos for its minimal, straightforward approach to dishes, including for its half-moon fresh spinach pasta. So that's Aspen and Boulder. In Denver... We had Beckon, B-E-C-K-O-N, serving temporary, I beg your pardon, serving contemporary, there's a difference, cuisine. Its seared quail breast with confit leg was noted as being spot on in the guide. So Beckon in Denver, Bruto, B-R-U-T-O, a Mexican and contemporary restaurant. The guide highlighted its ingredients, including its lamb, all right? And then finally, the Wolf's Tailor. This contemporary restaurant, they use contemporary a lot, was noted for its unique genre-defining style, combining elements that include Nordic, Italian, and East Asian food. Now, there were 44 other restaurants recognized by the guide. Uh, maybe they were budget-friendly restaurants. Uh, maybe they um, 
were recognized because uh, they have uh, a focus on green, the sustainability. Okay, so um, those are Blackberry Market, Bramble and Hare in Boulder, both in Boulder. Um, some uh, there were a few, rather than go through this list of 44. I know you were already rolling your eyes for. Um, Tourism boards, including Denver's, paid Michelin between seventy and a hundred thousand dollars to be considered for the guide. All right, um, Michelin was criticized for not including Aurora, a city with a diverse and award-winning cultural scene. However, Aurora Tourism Agency declined to participate. Colorado Tourism Office agreed to pay $135,000 annually for three years to promote the guide, according to the Denver Post. That is actually a common practice for tourism boards and hotel owners to pay for Michelin to accept money from sponsors for a chance to earn a star. So, anyway, that was a big deal. I, I mean, I think it's certainly noteworthy, and uh, I want to congratulate the restaurants that did get mentioned. All right, that's when I got back. I saw that in the paper. I thought I'd point it out to you. Maybe you missed it. When we come back, we're going to talk about the trip to Mexico. It was absolutely sensational, and a big part of that was you. Welcome back to the Mike Moore Restaurant Show. Uh, it is Saturday, September 16th. Some big football games going on. We'll talk a little bit about that. But before I get too far into the show, I want to recap the trip to Mexico that I was just on. I just got back last Wednesday. We left Wednesday, September 6th. Got back last Wednesday, the 13th. And um, I, I want to do it because... We've got another trip coming up January 10th to the 17th at Cabo San Lucas. Uh, Maybe you'd like to go on that. But I think that if I recap this, you were involved in it either um, peripherally, but maybe you were involved because of some of the baseball equipment that you donated. So, So let me just share that with you a little bit. We, The way we do these trips, uh, our flight was at 8 o'clock. So, yeah, you got to get up at 3.30, 4 o'clock, wash your face, brush your teeth, grab your bag, figure out how you're going to go to the airport. Some people drive to the airport, park on property. That's what I do. Some people park off property and get shuttled on. Some people Uber. Others have friends drop them off. Some even stay at a hotel right off the grounds because they've got a provision. Maybe you didn't even know this, where you can park on their grounds and they will keep your car for the week and shuttle you over to the airport. So then we get to the airport, you know, 6 o'clock or so, a couple hours before the flight. Well, everybody's checking in. Everybody's got a bag. I've got about eight duffel bags, eight equipment bags, with over 400 pounds of baseball equipment that I'm taking down to help start youth baseball programs on the Yucatan. Well, my status with United Airlines allows me to have three 70-pound bags. 
I have my carry-on, which are my T-shirts and flip-flops. That's for my luggage. The secret to a good vacation, I've said it over and over and over, the secret to a good vacation is take less clothes and more money. You travel the way you want, that's the way it works for me. I don't check bags. I've never lost a bag. I've never checked a bag except for this baseball equipment that I've been taking to the Dominican Republic and Mexico for 20 years now, all supplied by you. Then, when we land, of course, normally, if I was by myself, I would clear immigration I'd grab my carry-on, and I'd be gone. I'd be out. I'd have a cab. I'd have a private transfer. I'd be at the resort. Well, we go to the luggage area because everybody's got to pick up luggage. I've got to pick up these duffel bags. And then, obviously, I get stopped by customs, and they want to know what it is. And in my broken Spanglish, I explain to them, these are regalos. These are gifts. These are are for the kids and I show them pictures of the kids and the teams that we because you supply the stuff have donated and after they look at it a little bit and they check the bags they say okay fine and and they let me go and then we go outside and we all are transported together and because of the size of the group we generally have a private transfer that will take us directly to the hotel The hotel will take my bags and store them in the bell captain's area, but everybody else gets checked into this beautiful palatial Ryu Palace Resort right on the beach. You're in the lobby. They're handing you a glass of champagne. Welcome to the hotel. We're so glad you're here. You look off to the side, and you're looking down at the pool. You're looking off at the beach. Then you get checked in, okay? And... This is in what they call the hotel zone, which is where the hotels are, and these appeal to tourists. Well, the Yucatan, and Cancun in particular, is a peninsula. And so when it developed, it developed right out on the tip and then started coming back towards the airport. So there's many people that get off the plane and they go straight to a beautiful, all-inclusive, maybe a uh, Weston. Maybe they go to the JW. Maybe go to the Hard Rock Resort. Well, they're only five, six, seven, eight miles from the airport, but they don't even get out to the tip of the peninsula. So I took people down to the peninsula to the old zone. There used to be an outback. It's boarded up. There used to be a beautiful theater. It's boarded up because everything has drifted away from there, but they're starting to see a resurgence in there. They've got a great, great flea market. Yeah, you want T-shirts, trinkets, and trash. I got three beautiful handmade leather Mexican-style dog collars, one for Bailey and two for my daughter, who now has a dog out in Santa Barbara with her husband. But the thing that was fun about it is that 
so many people with us had been to Cancun, but they didn't even know this existed. So if you know people that have been to Cancun, you can go to different parts. You can go to Puerto Morales. You can go to Playa del Carmen, Riviera Maya, Playa Car. You can even go farther south to Tulum. Tulum is going to have an airport, an international airport, within two years. And you know, when they want to build something in Mexico, say what you want. But they don't go through 10 years of trying to relocate a snail darter so that the enviros are happy. There's going to be a train. They have put in a train from... Chetamal, which is the capital of Quintana Roo, which is the state where Cancun is, Bacalar, up to Tulum, up to the airport, and then going north to Boyadolid and to Merida, this train will be operational. I was down there in what, March, January, whatever it was, taking baseball equipment, and I could see that they had knocked the trees down off the road. It doesn't run right next to the road, and... That train now will be running in October. That's going to make it really, really easy for people that want to land in Cancun and take the train up to Merida for a little while. We had a great, great group of people that went. A lot of different professions. Some are working, some are retired, but fabulous group of people. The food at the resort, you know, I had a ribeye one night at the steakhouse. I remember when you didn't eat beef in Mexico because it just wasn't very good. It was tremendous. I went to the Italian restaurant and uh, had a saltambuca. Um, I mentioned a nahi steak at the Asian restaurant. The buffet had an unbelievable um, variety. One day, got up about 5 o'clock, took a shower, went down to the lobby, met Mike from Grinelli's Pizza. We loaded all the baseball gear in the car of a guy that I met down there. He had a cousin out in Boyadolid. Uh, he knew some of the villages that had no baseball equipment. We went to three different villages. In the Dominican Republic, when a boy is born, he's thinking baseball. Soccer, everything else is secondary. So they'll improvise. They'll wrap a sock in duct tape. They'll use a stick. They'll cut off a milk carton for a glove. In Mexico, it's completely different. They think soccer. But they're trying to develop these programs, but the kids will say, well, I can't improvise. How can I play baseball if I don't have a glove, if I don't have a ball? That's where we come in. We went to three small, small Mayan villages and supplied all of the equipment. And you know what? These are villages that may or may not have electricity, may or may not have running water. Can you imagine the looks on those kids' faces when we supplied, when we handed them a glove, a bat, a ball, when we outfitted the catchers? It was really terrific. Uh, excursions. Some people went to Chichen Itza. Some people went to Tulum. Some did sunset dinner cruises. Um, others did a, a, a pirate ship. And some went over to, for the day, to Isla Mujeres, the Isle of Women, and uh, rented a golf cart. Drove around, visited some small Mayan ruins over there because they're all over the place. They're all over the, the Yucatan Peninsula. Some went to North Beach. Some went to... Uh, 
a couple different bars over there. So people just kind of do what they want to do. I do make it a point to be available every evening. I'm around the property. People see me, but um, I uh, make it a point to be available in one of the cocktail lounges every day, 6.15, 6.30, just so I can let people know what there is available and to do. So I, I just wanted to recap that because – I've been doing these since 1997. If you figure 27 years, 26, 27 years, three to four trips, that's a hundred. That's thousands of people that we've taken. Never had a complaint. Never had anybody that didn't thoroughly enjoy themselves. So Cabo's coming up uh, January 10th to the 17th. It's going to be winter. You're going to want to get away. People have been asking about it. Uh, we'll do the art walk. We'll go whale watching. We'll do a sunset cruise. We'll go to Todos Santos and have margaritas. Yes, at the Hotel California. All that information is on my website at mikeboyle.com. So, love to have you join us, okay? All right, so anyway, that kind of recaps the trip, and uh, we got plenty more to talk about that is current. So, let's do this. Let's go ahead and take a break and come back and get into that stuff right here on the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. From the corners of the country, from the cities and the farms, with you. All right, coming up on 3.39, I'm Mike Boyle. This is the Restaurant Show. It is Saturday, September 16th, a beautiful late summer, early fall day. Boy, aren't you lucky on days like today? We live in Colorado. The golf course where I live has been busy all day long. 303-696-1971, looking at an email from uh, Joy. Joy is not very happy with... uh, the restaurant recommendations here on the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. Not very happy with the advertisers on the Mike Boyle Restaurant Show. It's kind of a long email. I'll try to get to it a little bit later in the show or certainly tomorrow when I come back from 10 o'clock until noon. When I got back on Wednesday, I had lunch on Thursday with Jose Medina. Jose Medina owns the Castle Rock Autoplex, Chevy, Jeep, Ford. Um, It used to be the Medved Autoplex. John Medved has been around Wheat Ridge and Castle Rock for many, many years. Very successful gentleman. But, you know, getting a little older, maybe getting a little tired. Maybe he wants to spend a little bit more time with uh, his adult girls and uh, maybe his wife. Maybe do a little bit of traveling. I just don't know. But Jose bought it, took it over. He has other dealerships as well. And I asked him to join me for lunch at the Courtyard Social on Perry Street. It's a new restaurant. It's owned and operated by a guy named Gary Mantelli. Gary owns a place called West, and it is in the Kittredge Building in downtown Denver at the corner of Glenarm in the 16th Street Mall. It was Marlowe's for 36 years, tremendously popular. Um, But, you know, like I've talked about on the air many, many times, you know, people that wanted to say COVID caused a restaurant to close. COVID did this. 
shutdown did that. Well, sometimes it's a little bit more than that. You know, the guy that owned Marlowe's also started Governor's Park back in the mid-70s, Caledonia's. So he's in an age when he kind of wants to slow down and retire a little bit. Gary, on the other hand, is much younger and uh, has been in the restaurant business for years. He was with Red Robin. He was with um, the Tavern Restaurant Group. He was the CEO of the Tavern Restaurant Group, very successful, many locations, wanted to get his own place, took over Marlowe's, has done very, very well. And he took over a spot in Castle Rock that used to be Siena, an Italian restaurant for 16 years, and opened it up as Courtyard Social. The food is, I think, exceptional. I had, on one of my visits, I had a everything bagel, Einstein's everything bagel Reuben sandwich. I know it sounds weird. I wasn't sure about it myself, but it was terrific. I've had nachos with ahi rather than just meat, and they were fabulous. He prides himself in his prime rib French dip. <coughs> I've had that enjoyed thoroughly. So anyway, I met Jose on Thursday, and uh, I, I told him, I said, I got a proposal I want to run by you. Um, I'll buy you lunch. Well, we got there. Uh, he was sat down, and um, he ordered a glass of water. He said, I don't eat breakfast and lunch. I'm trying to lose some weight. He's done a good job of that. And he says, I'd like to be home for dinner with my three girls, my wife and three girls. They've got twin boys on the way here sometime in the next week or two or three. Um, so <laughs> the lunch that I took Jose Medina to consisted of me having the steak spinach salad with blueberries and with some feta cheese. And it was, I asked for the steak to be prepared medium rare warm center, red. It was absolutely fabulous. I mean, I love a good salad. I love a salad at lunch, and I love to get some protein with it just because it makes me feel like there's a little bit more substance there. I wanted to talk to Jose about a new segment of the show I want to start. You know, we call it the restaurant, travel, movies, books, sports, or whatever we feel like talking about show. So we get a little bit far afield. We talk with authors. We talk about television shows, maybe a movie you've seen, certainly about restaurants, whether they're Michelin star restaurants or just regular places we enjoy hanging out. But I think a big part of the show and I'm not talking about travel to Mexico, travel to the River Rhine where I've taken groups, travel to Panama, Costa Rica, Jamaica, Dominican Republic. I'm talking about driving trips. And many of you are probably old enough. I was just a little guy when Dinah Shore was on the air with a show sponsored by Chevrolet. Remember the theme? See the USA in your Chevrolet. America is asking you to call. This is probably going to be stuck in your head all day now. Drive your Chevrolet through the USA. America's the greatest land of all. Boy, I'll bet you some lefties would go crazy if this was on television now. 
On a highway, on a road, along a levee, performance is sweeter. Nothing can beat her. Life is completer in a Chevy. So make a date today to see the USA and see it in your Chevrolet. You remember that, don't you? Of course. Well, I've driven all over the United States. Been to all 50 states. Took all 50 states. You have helped me. You've said when you are in North Dakota, stop here. When you're in Iowa, you might want to check out this place. This steakhouse in Louisville, Kentucky is absolutely sensational. Well, I've been taking some driving trips. And rather than go the easy way, the fast way, the interstate way, I've been getting off on some of the rural routes, on the old paper maps they used to be known as the Blue Highways. And I just thought, with the popularity of that, and then, obviously, on the road with Charles Corralt, ran for years and years and years, I want to start a travel segment here on the show. Got a call a couple weeks ago from Eric. And Eric said, Mike, you ought to go to Ayani's Pizza in Pueblo. I-A-N-N-E apostrophe S. Been around for over 50 years. So, it may be a day trip to Pueblo to have a pizza. It may be an overnight stay up in Winter Park or Grand Lake to check out a couple places. Maybe I'll go east out to the Claremont Inn where they have art classes and wine tastings. Or maybe it might be a two- or three-day trip like I took recently down to Clayton, New Mexico, down to Amarillo to the Big Texan, came back through Tucumcari, stopped at the Pow Wow restaurant. Maybe it'll be a week or two. When I drove out to California, I had been to Zion National Park in Utah, but I had never been through Zion Park in Utah or Arches National Park. And, you know, they are absolutely breathtaking. So I said, Jose, I would like to do a feature every week. And where am I going to ask you to participate? You tell me. And, you know, I don't have to say I'm going to plan a trip to Wyoming today. You can say, Mike, if you ever get to Laramie, you ought to try this restaurant. If you ever get to Douglas, you ought to try this old saloon. Mike, if you ever get to Minnesota, and maybe I'll just take a driving trip of a day or two or a week. Maybe I'll review some of the ones I've already taken. Maybe I'll go to the Surf Ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa. And see where the last performance of Buddy Holly and the Crickets was before the fateful night of February 3rd, 1959, when they performed and got on a plane, crashed in a field the day the music died. So if you've got some suggestions, I had a lady call me up and say, you ought to go to the Jolly Journey Hot Springs in Moffat, Colorado. I didn't even know where Moffat, Colorado was. I've been all over the state. I've ridden my bike all over this state. Somebody said you ought to go to Red Cliff, just outside, just south of Minturn. They've got a beautiful big bridge there. They've got a historic hotel. 
It was an old mining town that used to be one of the early capitals of the state of Colorado. So if you have a suggestion, send it to me at mike at mikeboyle.com. If you want to go to my website, mikeboyle.com, you can click on contact. It's got my cell phone number there. Yes, I answer my cell phone 24-7. You can call me. You can send me a text. So however you want to do it. But this is going to be kind of an audience participation thing. I said, uh, Jose, I've got a Jeep. You carry Jeeps. I've got a Ford. You carry Fords. I've driven Chevys all my life. What if you have a car that you might like me to test on a little drive up maybe to Fort Collins? And so anyway, that's what we're going to do. We're going to see the USA in our Chevrolet and in plenty of other vehicles as well. All right, 303-696-1971. Once again, my email is mike at mikeboyle.com. This week is just an introduction of what it is going to entail, but it's still fluid. It's still in a formative stage. And if you would like to help with that, I'd love to hear from you. Mike at MikeBoyle.com or send me a text message. Go to my website, MikeBoyle.com. Call me on my cell phone, whatever you would like to do. All right, let's do this. Let's go and take a break. I'm Mike Boyle. We'll be back on The Restaurant Show. That, of course, is Scott McKenzie, San Francisco. Yeah, 1968, 1967, the summer of love. If you're going to San Francisco, wear some flowers in your hair. You might want to also stop and pick up a feces map uh, that tells you where all the homeless and uh, um, people like that are doing their irresponsible deeds right on the sidewalk. Uh, So that might be a place to pick up a map for. Trudy in Commerce City suggests I go to Lucas, Kansas, and it is a town with a population of 332. It has got a museum for the world's largest thing. Let's go to Trudy in Commerce City, see what she has to say. Trudy, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thank you. You're on the air, Trudy. Okay, I'm talking. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Oh, good. Trudy, what would you like to talk about? What would you like to hear about Lucas, Kansas? Well, you're the one that called me. I had never heard of Lucas, Kansas until three minutes ago. It's five hours and 31 minutes from uh, Castle Rock. Why should I go? Why should a listener think about going to a city in Russell County, Kansas, um, like I said, with a population of 332 people? Uh, what have you found appealing about it? <laughs> there's, a, there's a place in Lucas, Kansas called the Garden of Eden. I see and that. It was created by a man named Dinsmore. 
uh-huh. he came he came to Kansas because he wanted to make a show place that could help support him in his time there in Kansas. So he started by building a house, and there were no logs, so he had to make logs out of stone. And then he made all the windows and doors different heights, and he went out into the yard, and he was a stonemason by trade, along with being a farmer, and he uh, made little cages out of wire, and then he covered it with cement, and he made people. And he hung the people from the from the trees, except there weren't any trees. So he had to make trees out of cement. And he started with the Garden of Eden, which is Adam and Eve. And these characters are huge. And uh, yeah, I'm looking, then he... I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a picture. How do you know about this? Are you from that area? No, I'm not. I uh, just saw the sign and was curious. And... Um, Years ago, years ago, we we traveled back and forth to a family reunion in Kansas, so uh, we stopped, and I bought a little book all about Mr. Dinsmore, and he had um, interesting views of life, and he didn't think much of the bankers and the lawyers and the uh, people like that, and so he hung them from the trees as well, and it's quite a good place. It's definitely worth seeing. I'm sitting here looking at his off-highway, is that 16 or 18, and um, obviously, so, and that's part of what I wanted to talk about with this new travel segment. I was recently driving <coughs> to California, and I stopped in Winslow, standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. I was on my way to Flagstaff to go to the original Salsa Brava restaurant, and a listener told me you ought to stop off at the media crater that's about halfway, but it's about eight miles off the interstate. And, you know, we get on the interstate, Trudy, and we get going 100 miles an hour, and we see a sign that says whether it's the Garden of Eden or the Meteor Crater, we say, yeah, it would probably be interesting, but i got to keep going. I got off, and this was a Meteor Crater that hit the Earth 50,000 years ago, made a gigantic, I mean, it's like a volcanic-sized hole, and uh, it was fascinating. So that's exactly five hours and 31 minutes. I would have no reservation about putting Bailey the Mexican street dog in the car, driving on over there, do a circuitous route so I could see something else, and see this, go to a restaurant, meet some local people, enjoy a little bit of time with some local people, and then come back and report on it. So thanks so an awful lot, Trudy. I sure appreciate it. I have got Lucas, Kansas, on my (coughs) new (coughs) travel show list. All right, thanks. <coughs> Pardon me. Thanks, Trudy. All right. See you in the USA in your Chevrolet. You know what? Some dealerships adopted that. Ellis Brooks Chevrolet in San Francisco. See Ellis Brooks today for your Chevrolet radio and television advertising. All right, let's do this. Let's go ahead and take a break for news. We've got another hour of the restaurant show. New stock 710 uh, 710-KNUS, 303-696-1971. We'll be back. Take you on up until 5 o'clock with the Restaurant News Show.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.